guys and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you for joining us for what is now episode number 25 of our Road to 2023 series. And we're going to kickstart this episode off with a bit about Tierra's past two weeks. Past two weeks? Well, it's been pretty standard, to be honest, in terms of working and training these past two weeks. Not too much to report there, but I think the biggest difference in these past two weeks is that I have now commenced a dieting phase. Wow, it's a long time no diet. Yeah, it's about nine months. We are recording this on Sunday, February 6th, 2022, and we were looking back at some dates, and when we stepped off stage last year, it was May 8th, 2021. So it's been about a nine months now since you and I mm. have purposely been in a calorie deficit. <laughs> yeah, it seems it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but... When you count it down, it has been quite a considerable amount of time to Mm -hmm. be in a surplus. Yeah, so nine months there. And during that time, my body weight has increased by between 12 to 13 kilograms. My lowest weight of prep was 57 kilograms, but I think I was on stage around that 58 kilogram mark. And now I just cracked into the 70 kilograms. So... For a few days actually prior to my diet, I did crack 70 kilograms and then it held steady there. And then I started my diet this past Monday on January 31st. So it's been almost a week now. Mm. And how's it been so far? It's actually been ridiculously easy. It's been so simplistic because to be honest, I've been anticipating and mentally preparing for this for quite a while now because... I was reaching that point with my body weight that would really be a maximum for where I want to push up to in this improvement season. So hitting that 70 kilogram mark, I'm like, okay, well, I know that I'm going to hit that point quite soon. And you guys, if you've been listening and following along with the podcast, you've probably heard me say once or twice that I've been feeling that itch to diet, but now was the time. So I've been planning ahead for this for quite a number of weeks and months for when I will commence a dieting phase, how I'm actually going to execute it. And to be honest, this time is a little bit different compared to how I've done a dieting phase before in the past, because I would say when I've commenced a diet, Jack, before in the past, I've probably taken more of a moderate approach rather than an aggressive approach right out of the gates. So I've usually tried to veer closer toward that 500 calorie deficit or so from my maintenance from the get-go, but I've been around the block quite a few times now and I've done quite a few dieting phases now and I'd say I, I know my body pretty damn well and I just have a pretty flip and adaptive metabolism. And I'd say that when I'm at the peak end of like a top weight during my improvement season and eating a decent amount of food, it's more like an inflated maintenance calories because mm-hmm. I have quite an adaptive metabolism. So what I found before is that let's say I was eating 400 grams of carbs and 60 grams of fat. And then if I commenced a dieting phase, I dropped down to 300 grams of carbs and 40 grams of fat. Yeah, it's a few hundred calories, but to be honest, I'd lose weight for a few days and then I'd just hit a plateau. And Mm. the thing is, is that when you commence a dieting phase, you don't want to be hitting plateaus, man. You want to get yourself into a decent deficit and not really have to touch the numbers for hopefully a few weeks or make any sort of adjustments. You just want things to be pretty smooth sailing. So I've learned from that in the past. So 
this time, what I've decided to do is be quite aggressive and just take 1000 calories out of my normal intake right off the bat. So what I've done is I've dropped down from 400 carb, 180 protein and 60 grams of fat down to 225 grams of carbs, 140 grams of protein and 45 grams of fat. So that's taken me from around that 2,800 calorie mark down to 1,800 calories right from the get-go. And it's been very simple because what I've done as well is I'm just set myself up with a meal plan that I basically am eating the exact same foods at the same time every single day. And that's pretty similar to what I've done in the past. But to be honest, I have probably followed a semi more macro flexible approach, particularly with like my fruit intake, vegetable intake and my dietary fat intake. But this time I'm just like, I want to eliminate as many variables as possible and as many moving parts. I just want to make everything standardized across the board to just ensure that this can be the most smooth sailing deficit that I've pretty much ever done. And I can just do the do and get it done in a very productive and efficient manner. Yeah, I think you've definitely learned from previous experiences. And I think I, if I were to do a mini cut, obviously I have AJ assisting me, but it would look very similar to that. Just be assertive from the get go, try and minimize as many moving parts as possible and uh, don't let anything kind of skew that number on the scale that's in your control. Yeah, couldn't agree more because there's nothing more frustrating than when you know that you technically are in a deficit, but there are just those little variables that are skewing with the scale. And I've said this before, but for example, I go to Sam Coco's every single week and usually I will buy the cheapest vegetables that are there, the most discount vegetables. And sometimes even if the macros are equal, which they always are, there's always going to be a varying difference in food volume, whether or not you're filling yourself up with some tomatoes and cucumbers, or you're eating a bunch of capsicums and cauliflower. You know what I mean? Mm. The macros are the same, but it just, it's a very different level of food bulk. And I've seen that skew the scale, which is just frustrating and it doesn't need to be that way so so what are you eating now then as your meal plan Ooh, so tiara's meal plan so it's not actually that different from what i was eating prior i've just slightly manipulated the portion sizes per se so in the morning i'm still having a vpa egg white omelet with a little bit of cheese some spices and some of that byron bay chili sauce the jalapeno sauce so good i, I love hot and spicy food and then instead of my big carb cake that I was having before, cause I was blending like 50 grams of oats, hundred grams of flour, a big banana, a bunch of cocoa and cinnamon together and just microwaving this thing. I've now down that to just hundred grams of wholemeal flour with some cocoa powder. So I'm just having some cream of wheat and I actually put little chunks of avocado on there and sprinkle it with salt. So mm. that's nice. And then I just have two pieces of fruit on the side. I have an orange and an apple. So a cheesy egg, cream of wheat with avocado, and then an apple and an orange for breakfast. And then we go and train and then come home and I have 100 grams of oats with 10 grams of chia seeds. And then I actually make that prior in the morning so it can sit on the counter while we're at the gym and retrogradate and get really thick. And then I just... How come you do that in a dieting phase, but not, not when you weren't dieting? Well, because when I was not dieting, I wasn't having oats for lunch. But you were having like a... 
cake sort of thing. Yeah, but it was the kind of thing that you'd blend bananas into and buckwheat and the, the texture is different. You kind of want that to come straight out of the microwave and have just risen, not like be really flat and dehydrated when you get home. Oats are different, man. The longer you let oats sick, they just thicken up and the texture is way better. So that's ultimately why. But when I come home, I just have a bowl of oats with some chia seeds and sprinkled with a good amount of salt. And then I am just blending some frozen fruit. So I've got some pineapple and some kiwi fruits and just 30 grams of WPI protein powder. And then meal three in the afternoon, I'm just dicing up some melon and a plum. And then I'm putting some high protein yogurt on top of that with about 15 grams of almonds. And then for dinner, I basically just have some vegetables and some meat. So right now I'm just making a stir fry with some tomatoes and some carrots and some green beans. And then I am adding some kangaroo mints and then just sprinkling that with like some garlic, salt, pepper, rosemary. And then as a dietary fat source as well, that's when I actually supplement with my fish oils too at dinner time. So ultimately that is my meal plan right mm. now. And I plan to not really make any changes to that unless for example i would have to change one of my frozen fruits in my nice cream after my workout whatever it may be or there's no kanga or there's no kangaroo and i've got to eat some chicken <laughs> the world will keep spinning um but either way i'm enjoying it and it's just made me like not food focused at all from the get-go because ultimately i just have a plan i know what i'm gonna eat and the great thing is, is that because I still have a decent amount of body fat on me right now, I'm not experiencing those negative adaptations to dieting or those negative effects. So even for the first few days, I'm like, is this going to be this easy for the next like eight to 10 weeks sort of thing? I didn't want to jinx it, but I genuinely just didn't feel any different in the slightest. It's, it's really nice and it's been pretty successful so far. So the first day... I weighed in at 70 kilograms and then the next day I weighed in Jack at 70.1. <laughs> I honestly felt like a meme. It was like drops calories by 1000 gains weight. Mm. <laughs> I just laughed. Uh, but no, the scales definitely continued to play ball. And six days later, I'm now weighing 69 kilograms flat. So one kilogram off, which is pretty decent and should continue to experience some pretty solid drops in these next coming weeks, which is awesome. Yeah, I think often that does happen when you don't always get a linear result straight away. And you obviously knew that you or you predicted that was going to happen. But a lot of people expect it to uh, drop from the get go. <laughs> and I honestly would have, but at the same time, it didn't. But like, you can't throw a tantrum about it. Again, you just laugh it off mm. and you just got to wait it out. And obviously the next day it did drop to be fair, did start my dieting phase on like what was the hottest day that we've ha probably had in a year. Mm. The beginning of this week, it was just disgustingly hot and humid. And I'm pretty sure our electricity bill went up because we just had the aircon blasting like all day when we'd usually only have it on at night. And I know personally that I'm quite sensitive to changes in humidity and heat because obviously I'm thirstier, I drink more water, and I just kind of tend to retain a little bit of extra fluid. Yeah, it's interesting how people seem to be different in that regard. I personally don't experience that. Mm -hmm. 
which is good for me. Yeah, very lucky for you. Uh, but I'm also very happy that in season B 2023 will be competing rather than season A because it'll just be a really nice, comfortable temperature, not freezing cold, but also not stupidly hot. Cause like when you're competing season A here in Australia, particularly like if you've got a show for IFBB in like February, when it's still just disgustingly hot and you've got to get that tan on you across two to three days, like it just feels so uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, I'm glad we're not gonna have to go through that next time we compete. Hey guys, just a reminder that we post regular content on our Instagram and YouTube channel. You can find those platforms by searching The Bodybuilding Dietitians. See you there. Anyway, uh, the dieting phase, yeah, it's off to a crack and start and we'll continue to be. I was supposed to have a check-in with Joey last week, but unfortunately we couldn't tee that up. So this coming week, I'll be meeting up with Joey Cantlin in person to just go over everything, make sure he's happy with the plan, going over my training as well and just getting his feedback and critique with that, taking some, some skin folds because really I'm looking forward to working with Joey on a weekly basis for my next competition prep. And even though that won't be beginning for over a year, that's gonna mean a lot to me. Like that's when I really wanna bring it home and really show up as the best athlete I possibly can. And that's going to come from planning well ahead and working with a coach well ahead. So that if we can start collecting this data now in terms of my skin folds, my progress photos, how I respond to dieting, how I'm looking, the whole shebang, and then be able to compare that data to next year when I'm sitting somewhere around this body weight at the beginning of prep, will ensure that I have a really, really good starting point. Excellent. Yeah, it's more data at this point, the better. So we know how, or you and Joey know how you respond. Yeah, should be good. But other than that, it's uh, been off to a pretty crack and start. And I think the only other thing that really uh, is worthwhile saying this past week is we were speaking about it on the previous podcast, but one of my goals was to RDL those 50 kilogram dumbbells. And when I say something, I try my best to be true to my word and I want to show up and I want to do it and carry it through. But the thing is the following day, our normal gym world's gym, Brisbane was actually having renovations. So they were having a big ass fan replaced. And that's not me being rude. Literally <laughs> the big fans that are on the ceilings in like large gyms and sports centers, they're literally called big ass fans. So they were replacing a broken one of those. And that's the fan that was in the area that you and I were actually going to be training that mm. day in that component of the gym. So we had to train in a different gym. So we went to world's gym, Mount Gravatt. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll do my RDLs at this gym. And I went up to their big dumbbell rack and I found one of the 50 kilogram dumbbells and I heaved it over to the corner of the gym where I was wanted to set up my tripod, went back to the dumbbell rack and I was just searching. I was like, where's the other 50 kilograms? And it was nowhere to be seen. I searched that entire gym head to toe, I swear. I, I probably just didn't go into the staff area or the male's toilet, <laughs> but I searched everywhere else for the 50 kilogram dumbbell and I couldn't flip and find it, man. And I even went up to you and I was like, Jack, I think the second 50 kilogram is broken and there was only one pair in the gym. And I ultimately had two choices. I could either just match a previous accomplishment because the week prior I'd lifted the 48 kilograms for two by eight, or I could level up and I could just go up to the 52.5s. So obviously I chose the latter and I decided to just give the 52.5s a crack 
And lo and behold, I actually matched what I was setting out to do with the 50 kilogram dumbbells. And I got two by eight with 52.5 per hand for my dumbbell RDLs, which is awesome. It felt, it felt really good. It, uh, it was just amazing to actually have those weights in my hands. And I took a video, of course, and I sent it up to the interwebs on my Instagram profile. And uh, yeah, it's genuinely something I'm really proud of because when I first started dumbbell RDLing many, many years ago, I honestly remember picking up like the 25 kilogram dumbbells and feeling like superwoman. So mm. uh, now to know that I'm lifting over double that, it's a great feeling. Yeah, I don't think many people can say that they can lift that much for an RDL, either <laughs> yeah. male or female. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure a lot of people could if they're just persistent, they just keep working at it. <laughs> <laughs> and what will you do next week for your RDL? Well, we're back at Brisbane now, so it's really a matter of whether I actually change the types of dumbbells that I'm using because the ones that I'm using at Brisbane, they only go up to 48 kilograms as well. Again, they have one 50 kilogram dumbbell in that same type of dumbbell stack. But what is it with the 50s at Mount Gravatt and at Brisbane? It's like that second one's just been broken or overused or I don't know, mm. it's missing somewhere. But it's, it's a matter of whether or not I then change the types of dumbbells that I'm using because if I go up to 52.5 or 50 kilograms, the dumbbells, they're just so much bigger and clunkier. You know, those big black ones. Yep. Yeah. They're just, they're just really ginormous, but uh, technically the weight's still the same. So <laughs> I'm just going to have to suss it out. eh? <laughs> or perhaps I might keep progressing with the 48s if it's still like very comfortable for me and just work up to sets of 10 and sets of 12 sort of thing. I say you just use the big clunky dumbbells, mm -hmm. just get better at them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like, if I had to RDO, I would have to use those big clunky one yeah, ones. Yeah. Well, maybe I just need a woman up then. Mm. <laughs> I guess that's the thing, right? Like I've put the pressure on myself because I'm like, well, now that I've demonstrated to myself that I can do it, I can lift 52.5 for two by eight. Do I just, at the end do of I just stack stay well? there? I think the highest dumbbells in the gym are 60. Jeez Louise, really? Mm. Yeah, but they're like huge. They're like really long and yeah, either way. I, I really do kind of feel that pressure now that I've put on myself. Like, cause it's not necessarily regression if I then go down slightly in weight and do more reps or now should I just keep holding these 52.5s indefinitely? Well, I think if you've done it, then you should at least stick out the 52s. Mm, that is the question, right? Are you still doing back extensions at all? I do back extensions on Saturday, yeah. So yeah. I do back extensions, barbell RDLs, and dumbbell RDLs each week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but my back extensions are more like a glute emphasis rather than a hamstring emphasis. Yep. Either way, yeah. That's kind of been uh, my two weeks there, but ultimately reach this peak end body weight and on paper definitely does look like a very aggressive rate of gain and it kind of is like since prep gaining between 12 to 13 kilograms in a period of nine months but i'm honestly just so happy that i allowed my body to do that because i know that i've been able to maximize and take advantage of every single variable these past nine months of our improvement season by just 
training as hard as I possibly can, really, really pushing myself in terms of intensity, taking on that new scheme and taking your word and actually lowering myself down to two sets, which mm. has really taught me how to truly test my limits and train hard, but also just getting great quality sleep, eating well is always just working in a very low stress environment. And I know that I have put on a pretty decent amount of muscle mass. So, I so even, you've actually gained the same amount as me. Yeah, you and I have actually gained a similar amount of weight, man. But lo and behold, I posted up some progress photos on my Instagram last week at 70 kilograms. And I don't think I'm looking half bad. Even my progress photos that I took at the beginning of this dieting phase, like I wouldn't say that I've gotten myself into a position where I'm like looking overly fat, you know, or like in a really just unproductive position. I think it's pretty perfect to then start a dieting phase for these next eight to 10 weeks. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. And do you think you'll slow down your rate of gain in future? Yeah, well, it depends on what Joey thinks, like how far I should be pushing it up and ultimately what my next stage weight's going to be. And but it then... doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that the rate of gain that we recommend is like 1% of your body weight per month. Mm, yeah, definitely super exceeded that by quite yeah. a bit. But like I said, I'm actually kind of happy that I did because my body responded really positively. And I think we've had discussions about how you probably can go more toward the aggressive side of things if you are maximizing every single variable. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like when you actually break it down in percentages of body weight, even though I'm 20 kilos heavier than you, like it's still an, only an extra 200 grams per month for mm. me. Because it's that's one percent of your body weight, yeah. so it's really not that much different, um, unless you're like double the body weight of someone. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I think like the reason why it was a more rapid rate of gain too is because we were coming out of a comp prep as well. Mm. When I conclude this dieting phase, which my goal is to get down to around sixty-four kilograms, and the reason why I started it now is because I only want to be dieting for a maximum of ten weeks. But the first show of the season is in nine weeks time because I want to be just having more energy in me and I don't personally want to be dieting or feeling any negative effects of just having less energy when I need to be giving all of my energy and all of my attention to those string of shows in April. So I want to be fully mm -hmm. there and I just want the job to be done. That's ultimately why I'm being aggressive out of the gates because I just ultimately I just want to do the do and just get this done. I don't want to fluff around. So, um, that's my goal to get down to 64 and I've got about nine weeks to go, give or take. But obviously after that, my rate of gain will not be as aggressive because I wouldn't have been coming out of a prep where my body composition is just in a very, very lean state. 64 kilograms for me is still a very healthy weight. I'll still certainly have a decent amount of body fat on me, just not as much as right now. And then obviously I need to talk to Joey, but I'm predicting that I probably will be just capping my weight around this 70 kilogram mark during this improvement season. I personally don't see myself going higher than that, or at least very much higher than that per se. And if I conclude this dieting phase by April, and then I'm not starting prep until next year in April, give or take, that's a whole year to up like six kilograms or so. <laughs> and then won't you, will you do another 
mini cut again or will you start prep at 70 i don't know we'll have to see how it all pans out i personally don't want to start my prep any higher than eight kilograms above my stage weight i personally think that would be just a really nice number to diet down from and it will just guarantee that i can maintain as much muscle mass throughout and also just prep doesn't have to be a 25 week slog Mm. for me either and based on my previous stage weight based on how much muscle mass i'm building I'll probably get on stage somewhere between maybe 59 to 60 kilograms next time if I can continue to build a lot on my frame given how tall I am. So maybe that's going to include a short little dieting phase again and then a pre-prep where I can just maintain that. Mm. But uh, it won't be 10 weeks again, I wouldn't say. Probably be max like four. Yep. Yeah, especially if I'm aggressive like this past week in one week losing a kilogram sort of thing. Like if you do that for a few weeks... That's pretty simple. Mm. Yeah, that's the point of the mini cut. So, Ultimately. Well, anyway, that's quite a bit of me uh, blabbling on. Jack, I want to hear about you. How's your past two weeks been? So mine hasn't been anywhere near as eventful as yours. I've just been doing the same thing, training as per usual. I'm on just finished up week five of my training block. So I've got at least one more week yet left. I'll see how that goes and potentially deload after that if need be. And from a training perspective, again, the only thing that's uh, changed majorly is subbing out hack squats for safety bar squats. And that went well. Um, it's, it's definitely better on my knee, which is nice. Um, I did go up to like three plates aside on the safety bar squat and I did uh, two sets of six. But although like it felt good and like it, it was a reasonable intensity for me to train at, Uh, My knee didn't particularly agree with it, so I've had to scale back slightly to uh, like 130 to 132.5 and just uh, control the change of direction a little bit more uh, for the sake of my knee. And yeah, it's going to be a a fairly slow process to get that back to 100% because it's been been with me for for so long now, since uh, August, but that's just kind of the way injuries work sometimes and I'm just glad that I can still train my my lower body to almost 100% capacity. So that's quite good. And upper body is my main priority anyway at the moment. And probably more so hamstrings and quads anyway. So that's also a positive as well. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, not too many other changes with training. Things are just progressing nicely in both push and pull and lower body still as well, like almost up to that 190 kilo mark in RDLs, which will be another new milestone. And then 200 kilos, hopefully after that, which is pretty cool to think about. When are you predicting to hit that 200 kilograms, would you say? Well, it takes me about three weeks approximately to increase uh, by two and a half kilos. So Mm -hmm. I'm at 185 now, I'm just capping off that. So, so, that is six times three, another 18 weeks. Mm. So I should be there by uh, the midway through this year. Awesome. Hopefully. Cool. Yeah. And I mean, it was my goal by the end of the year. So I should definitely be able to tick that off if everything goes to plan. And yeah, that should be awesome. Like, can, again, strength progression or performance progression in the gym is, is what most people should be using in the off season as their measure for muscle gain. So mm-hmm. If your strength is going up and your accuracy of lifting is staying the same or improving 
and you're in a calorie surplus, an appropriate one, then that equals muscle gain. Yeah, you got to put it all together because ultimately you need that muscle to lift that amount of weight. Like, especially mm. with the rep ranges that we're working in, like it certainly goes past just power lifting per se and just adapting past just neurologically being able to just do like a one to three RM. Mm. Hey guys, just a reminder that we don't just coach physique athletes, but we do coach anyone with a health and fitness related goal. Therefore, if you are interested in getting in touch with us regarding our coaching services, you can always head over to our website at www.thebodybuildingdietitians.com or alternatively, click the link in the show notes below. And in terms of nutrition, that's all stayed relatively the same. One thing that has changed in terms of my output is steps like unfortunately walking does irritate my knee so my steps have dropped quite a lot since where they are at like august and september so they're only like five to six thousand per day or sometimes even four to six thousand which has meant that my calories have been able to stay the same uh, for quite an extended period and i've just been able to gain consistently on them uh, which is which is nice for me because I'm at that stage where I can take it or leave it when it comes to food and I'm yeah negligible food focus and yeah it's, if I can diet or if I can gain on less food that's uh, means that I'm more comfortable throughout the day and I'm more comfortable while I train as well mm-hmm. without a doubt and wouldn't that mean that your energy availability would actually still be higher now I guess so yeah yeah potentially if you've taken out that huge energy output component because mm. yeah four to six thousand steps per day that's dramatically decreased compared to like what were you racking up and prep around the house not that many but like 14 to fifteen thousand. <laughs> not that many steps around the house just fifteen thousand. <laughs> that was steps total i probably did about eight thousand in the house okay yeah <laughs> still 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 a step or two yeah, it took it's well over an hour of walking in the house. You've actually got a time lapse of it up of, of on our YouTube, right? I do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a small house, so like it's a lot of a lot of laps around the house. You have to get very proficient at turning. Yeah. You don't want to run into any walls. Yeah, or run into any dogs. <laughs> no. But as I said, that's pretty much it with me. Nothing nothing much else to report on. Uh, we've got some clients heading in for season A, which we're very excited to see on stage. Mm. And it's, uh, yeah, business as per usual in every other aspect. Yeah, the weeks just keep flying, man. Literally nine weeks out now from the first show of the season with ICN, 10 weeks out from IFBB, and then 11 weeks out from the next ICN show. And unfortunately, Tony Doherty from IFBB, he did announce that they unfortunately have to cancel once again FitFest, which was supposed to be running from like the 23rd and the 24th of April down in Melbourne, just due to everything going on with the Omicron variant. So it's still kind of up in the air where and when IFBB Nationals is going to be held because originally that weekend was going to be pretty wild because I was going to fly down to Melbourne and then be at the show on the Saturday with Chloe. And then I was going to fly back early on the Sunday morning and then be back for the ICN show at the Sleeman Center with Kate. So it's still a matter of 
is that still going to happen on that same weekend, but just at a different venue? Or are they going to try to change the venues and change the dates for IFBB nationals? It's still unknown at this point. Mm, and uh, I can't believe this is still happening. Yeah, but... it happened back in 2020. And I remember yeah. like you and I had our Airbnb booked. We had our flights booked. We had to go through all that. So Chloe and I, did, we did have an Airbnb booked. Luckily, we hadn't booked our flights yet. So uh, I'm grateful that I don't have to get any sort of refund for flights yet. Because mm. that's always just such a hassle. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully the dates come out soon and the location. Hopefully it's held in Queensland. That'll make it easier. Dude, that would be so awesome. I know that Tony loves the Sleeman Center as a venue to actually hold the shows, which it really is the best. Mm. Ultimately, that's why ICN historically always has their shows there. It's uh, it's so good, you know. So it's just a matter of whether or not they can actually lock in a date because obviously it can't be that weekend icn's mm. already booked in but maybe it's gonna have to be a following weekend or something like that but yeah. i know it's a super popular venue so they might have to try to bargain with someone else like hey <laughs> do you mind if we slot in and you go somewhere else <laughs> yeah fingers crossed that it all works out there's mm-hmm. quite a few other venues to to look at mm-hmm. no doubt the show is still gonna go ahead like tony will always make it happen he even made it happen back in 2020 when it was like just the peak of that initial covid period like Mm. he he held the show in like a warehouse and still just made it happen for all the competitors which is incredible so no doubt it will still go ahead it's just a matter of where and when Mm. (laughs) cool well let's end on something that we want to improve on this week well i just want to continue to lose a little bit of body fat that's what i want to improve on (laughs) um Pretty simple on my end. What about yeah. you? Yeah, simple on my end as well. I would like to see if I can shoulder press the 42s for six reps. Mm-hmm. I was been stuck at five reps for them, and then I went back to the 40s to do more reps with the 40s. And then I'm going to, since I did two sets of, or one set of eight with the 40s, it's now time to move back up to the 42s and see if I can get six reps with them. Well, how about this coming week? You just come get me in the gym and I'll just stand behind you for that psychological support. Yeah, I can try that. Sometimes (laughs) you make me laugh though. All right, I'll keep a very straight, serious face and I promise not to touch your elbows. Right. (laughs) I actually posted this video the other weekend of you spotting me on shoulder press and I was trying to go for like my ninth rep with the 18s and I don't know what was going through my head. Like, I I almost thought that I felt you touch me and I actually yelled out, no. (laughs) And then I shot up the rep because I thought that I felt that little ding, you know, when like someone just like, it's almost like someone just, it's the lightest touch of like a feather or someone's just their little index finger just touches you and then you automatically feel like you're getting assistance so you can shoot up. And then I was like, did you touch me? And you're like, no, do you really think that I would touch you? And Honestly, I know that you wouldn't. Um, but My I, hands were well <laughs> away from your elbows. It's hilarious how I caught that on film. I just couldn't stop laughing back at myself. I Also, when my music's blaring in my ears at the gym, I don't realize until I watch back my footage that like I actually talk pretty loudly to myself. Like I'm like, one more! And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, oh God, and the music was off in the gym too. <laughs> I'm just that person who's just yelling. <laughs> Anyway, um, but yeah, guys, if someone's shoulder pressing, be there for psychological support, but stay the hell away from those elbows or just don't count the rep. Just saying. 
Well, thank you for listening to this episode. And if you enjoyed it, you can share it on social media. Tag myself, tag Tierra, tag TBD. And we'll see you guys next week for our Q&A.